Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Got legal questions? She's got the answers. It's time for Lisa on the Law. Now on WICC 600 AM and 1073 FM. Hola, hola. Welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. All right, so there's a bunch of law stuff. People have written me. If you want, you can call me, 203-333-9422. I did want to begin with a notable headline story today. It is making the news rounds that Jennifer Dulos was declared dead in a probate proceeding. A little bit of background about this. Jennifer Dulos disappeared in 2019, right? It was Memorial Day of 2019? Yeah. And um, I remember it well because I reported on the Tuesday after the story. I was sitting in Greenwich at the time and she disappeared in New Canaan. And it felt very personal to me because Jennifer Dulos and I, on a surface, had some things in common. We were both suburban women raising our children. Uh, we both happened to be Jewish women. Um, we didn't have much in common after that. She came from a very, very privileged background. Uh, but uh, she was an educated, lovely person. I'm sure if I ran into her in any gathering, I would have found her charming and nice. And, 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 and from all intents and purposes, people said only lovely, lovely things about this woman. But she ended up in a terribly, terribly horrible marriage. She had five children with him, two sets of twins. How rare is that? Two sets of twins. And at the time this happened, the children ranged in age from between 8 and 13. And she was described by all as an incredibly devoted mother. Now, when she didn't show up to pick her kids up at 1 o'clock at New Canaan Country School on the Friday before Memorial Weekend, everybody in her life knew something was terribly wrong because this was completely out of character. And since she wasn't found in a car accident or anything else, they right away believed that Photostoulos had killed her, just so you know. Everybody in her world believed that. Uh, she had, um, it turns out, amended her will uh, several months before this, uh, before her, not this, before her initiation of divorce proceedings in which she omitted any mention of him and only left her money to her children. And she is wealthy as a result of being from a wealthy p- family. Her mother, Gloria, who is... 88 years old now, um, has taken over the responsibility of raising all of the children, but her mother is also widowed, and the f- money in the family came from the mother, in other words, from the father who passed away, who was a very, very wealthy man in the securities field, I believe, left a lot of money to his family. So a lot of money was going to pass to Jennifer Dulos eventually, and maybe even eventually to her children. 
far more prematurely, I think, than the family ever would have expected, wanted, or hoped. And in fact, the only re- reason that Photostulos made a living in Connecticut is because it was the uh, Jennifer's family that bought their house, that supplied him with money to start a construction business. All of that was really due to Jennifer's family, all of that financing. So anyway, anyway, I don't think anybody really expected, they might have hoped against hope in vain, that Jennifer Julos would somehow turn up. But in fact, all these years later, it's four years later, the body never has turned up. Earlier in this proceeding, Evelyn Daly in Farmington, who is another probate judge, was uh, in charge of this proceeding. And she felt at the time it was premature to declare that Jennifer Julos was in fact dead. And so she did not do that. What she did was she allowed the estate of Fotis Dulos to proceed in a certain way. Now, why, why in the New Canaan probate court was it important to petition to find that Jennifer Dulos in fact died? I'll tell you why. Because she left, uh, she left Glory, Gloria, who is still alive, is trying to plan for where the money will go. And there were some assets that were left in the name, or there might've been some trust left in the name of Jennifer. And only upon Jennifer's death, can those assets be freed up to either be in trust for or left outright to Jennifer's children. It's as simple as that. Death triggers other things happening with money and with assets. So Judge Ostendorf, looking at the totality of the circumstance, as well as the fact that in a criminal proceeding right now, in a trial that is supposed to start tomorrow, tomorrow, the state is already trying this woman, um, Michelle Traconis, for being an accessory to murder, even though there's no body. So I think it was a very easy conclusion for Judge Ostendorf, very easy to in fact declare that instead of the normal seven years that it would take upon the disappearance of someone to declare them legally dead, that under the facts and circumstances of this case, clear and convincing evidence would suggest that Jennifer Julos is in fact dead. Because if she were anything other than dead, she would have, we would have known it by now. It's as simple as that. She never would have abandoned her children. She wouldn't have abandoned them on that Friday. She didn't abandon them on that Friday. There were bloodstains found in her garage, in her kitchen. Police knew from the first minute. They hoped that she might be injured someplace and have made it out of whatever terrible fate was destined for her, but she never did. So her spirit is somewhere else and hopefully looking down and caring for, with love and affection, her family that is here. But I think it was a very, very easy decision for Judge Ostendorf and And it becomes important because there are many instruments that will say, many trust instruments that will say, upon the death of Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Smith's children now inherit the property in trust. And therefore, that trust gets established with the trustee and those funds are invested and they wait for the person to turn the age of 18, 25, 30, whenever it is, before that person then gets the money. So without being privy to the specific details of that estate, I can tell you that having the certainty that someone has passed 
becomes very important when it comes to looking at assets and the way those assets have to go to the next generation. That's one thing on Lease on the Law. You can call me now, 203-333-9422, and I'll be happy to answer your question if I can. Jay from Bridgeport uh, wants to know, is Cookie, my Aunt Cookie, a nickname? The answer is yes. Uh, In fact, her real name is Anita, but nobody uses it. And my mother gave her that name. My mom is 10 years older than my Aunt Cookie, and she says she gave it to her because she was delicious. Uh, and that's how we think about it. My Aunt Cookie is delicious. So, But she's a little petite little thing. She doesn't look like a cookie. She certainly doesn't look like a chocolate chip, although she does love chocolate chip cookies. 2033, and by the way, needs to eat more of them. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 203-333-9422. All right, let's talk about the law piece. Jay writes, I'm in my late 60s. I've wanted to update my will and other estate planning documents with my lawyer. I've known him for about 20 years. And it was about 12 years ago I drew up all of these things, including a living will, a durable power of attorney, and a will and testament. I named him to arrange and take care of me. I named him to decide on the final disposition of my assets when I can't do it myself. Jay writes that he's physically disabled. He doesn't have any living relatives who could do the job. So basically he's telling me that the lawyer in his life is the person that he trusts to go ahead and execute his wishes after he's gone. But more than that, in case he becomes further disabled, mentally disabled, that this lawyer is the person that he trusts to take care of him. Um, and he said, um, and so here's what happened. He had a meeting with him a few months ago and they went over changes and updating because it had been a while ago since 12 years. At that time, the lawyer said he would get back to him. He was going on a vacation and periodically Jay has called his lawyer in the fall and elsewhere. And the lawyer has constantly said that he's busy and this client doesn't feel like he is a priority. And the client, meaning Jay, is asking me, Lisa, hello, asking me, quote, is he so busy he could not gotten it back with me? My lawyer and I are around the same age. He works independently with elder law and probate matters. He is qualified to handle the work. But the question to me is, should I consider using another lawyer? Should I consider using somebody younger? Should I consider using somebody who is part of a larger law firm? And quote, and the question is this, I could use your experience with these legal matters in probate and final arrangements. So Jay, I hope you're listening. I know you didn't want to call in and that's fine. That's your prerogative. And I thank you for, I thank you for writing me with the question. If you incidentally who are listening have a question for me, 
Best way to do that is to write to me via WICC600.com or directly at Lisa at LisaWexler.com, and I will answer the question. So the real question here isn't strictly a question of law. It's a question of judgment and opinion and experience. And I'm going to give you my opinion, Jay, after doing this for a long time and being probate judge for the last 10 years. My opinion is when it comes to this, as we all age, we need to name people who are substantially younger than us to do these tasks for us. That's my answer to you. Because after you've passed a certain age, and you don't tell me how old you are here, but let's say you're 70 or you're in your 60s, you're approaching 70. If you name somebody your own age, and you live another five years, 10 years, maybe God willing, 20, 25 years, that person is aging along with you. The older that person gets, the less likely they are going to want to do this job for you. Think about it this way. That person may retire from the practice of law altogether and not have access to the resources. But more likely than not, the the reality is, and I see this all the time, is somebody in their 40s or 50s names their best friend, they name their cousin, they name their attorney. And then they live a long time. And when they live a long time, that person has gone on to retire in Florida. And that person does not want to be bothered with the headache and the... Um, with the headache and the physical and mental exertion of effort that it takes to wrap up somebody else's life. They don't want to come from Florida to go through your things and call the junk luggers and give away your prized possessions to the people you want. They just don't want to do it. So what happens in real life, Jay, is that they decline the appointment. And this happens to me every single day as a judge. I see these declinations every single day. People are named in wills. And they say, no, thank you. You can't force somebody to act in this capacity. And if you haven't named another successor, a person to act as that person, who will actually accept the job, that job falls to an administrator. An administrator who is appointed by the probate court. That administrator can be and often is a lawyer in the community who knows nothing about you who will do the job for an hourly rate, which will get paid off the top of your estate and look at your will and try and do an honest, decent job of what you wanted to have done. But that person doesn't have any knowledge of your immediate circle of friends, doesn't know where you might have volunteered and wanted to leave your book collection, doesn't have any real idea of something personal and special for you that might have been disposed of in a way that might have made you happy. And I do see this all the time. And I think it's a really good question in today's Lisa on the Law, because you who are listening, if you look at your instruments, which I advise need to be looked at every five years, you have to make sure that the people in them are still people who are ready, willing, and able to do the jobs that you've appointed them to do. Now, if it's your spouse, it's a no-brainer, right? It's always going to be your spouse. 
But if your spouse is already passed on or you're divorced, if you're divorced, it's a different thing. If you're divorced and you haven't made a new will, anything you left to your prior spouse becomes moot. It, it doesn't take effect. It's, the law assumes that since you divorced the person, you're not going to want to leave property to them. But other than that, the rest of your will is effective. But, uh, the, but, but if you have outlived your spouse and you have not named a successor, you need to do it. You need to do the instrument over again. So my answer to you, Jay, is move on. You knew this man, but he wasn't close to you. He was an attorney that you consulted and you liked. You need to move on to a younger attorney, somebody that you can establish a rapport with now that you like and trust, and that person can do the job for you. That person will charge your estate, but you won't be here, or will charge you. But you know, if you've had diminished capacity, I don't know what your funds are. I don't know what your resources are. But if they're going to be a conservator, they'll charge you for that as well. Uh, and you are not in an uncommon situation. There are many people like you who don't have immediate family ready, willing, and able to serve in this capacity, and they need to go to trusted people. One of the reasons why judges tend to appoint attorneys is because attorneys have licenses to protect. And if they fool around or they engage in unethical behavior, their license can be yanked. Also, judges tend to have faith in attorneys in general because they know these attorneys, they see them in their personal and professional lives on an everyday basis, and they believe that they're appointing trustworthy people. But my answer to you, Jay, is very clear answer. Yes, you should move on. Yes, you should find a younger attorney. It doesn't need to be a solo. There are many wills that say this. I appoint Jack Smith, my attorney, as my executor. If for whatever reason Jack Smith is unable or willing to do the job, I authorize the firm of A, B, and C to appoint someone from within their firm to act as his successor. And in this way, if you go to a law firm, they can find someone suitable to do the job. Other than that, you're leaving it to your local probate judge to find someone to do the job. Okay, I hope that helped you. If you have any questions, 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.